on this week's episode of The Fizz, we break down the Lions' heartbreaking loss to Oakland and what it means for the rest of their season. After that, I go into the Red Wings' dumpster fire and why we shouldn't let it bother us too much. And then after that, I touch on the Pistons, do a little over-under, and talk about Jerry, Fatboy Jerry's fucking weird injury he got on vacation. Uh, But before we get into all that, I do want to tell you guys about my fantastic sponsor who supports Champagne Athletics and The Fizz uh, through and through, and that is Vapor Fresh. If you do not know what Vapor Fresh is, it is a 100% botanical active ingredients sports cleaning and deodorizing spray. It eliminates odors from all sporting equipment, and when it says all sporting equipment, it really does work on everything. I use it on my running shoes in the summer. Uh, My fiance used it on her yoga mat uh, to this day, and then where it really has done wonders for me is on my hockey equipment. I'm playing hockey anytime from one to three times a week. Uh, A lot of my equipment is still from my high school days, and quite frankly, it's not in great shape, and it smelled like shit for a long time. Um, I've been using Vapor Fresh and airing my equipment out after every game, after every skate. And I got to tell you guys, it, it smells like new, but in reality, it feels like new. Um, it feels so good on the skin. It doesn't irritate it. It doesn't feel like chemicals or any, any weird, like slimy kind of feel. Um, it really is a great product and I want you guys to try it out. So f- what I want you to do is go to amazon.com search vapor fresh use the code fizz podcast and then you guys can take 20 percent off again that's go to amazon search vapor fresh use the code fizz podcast that'll get you 20 percent off and then if you guys do that send me the purchase confirmation that you guys get and i'll mail you some buttons and some stickers with champagne athletics logo on it so really want you guys to try this out they're all for the city of detroit all for the uh the Fizz and Champagne Athletics, and they really have been a great sponsor. Again, the name is Vapor Fresh, made with 100% botanical ingredients, won't irritate your skin, and smells awesome. Blue bottle, green label, Fizz podcast on Amazon, 20% off. Send me the purchase confirmation, and I will send you buttons and stickers in addition to that 20% off bottle of Vapor Fresh. Go check them out, guys. But now, let's get into the Fizz. Caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship ring. Cause I ball hard. Don't just be by harder. I am the bird man. They think the run. Broken up in the back of the end zone, and the Raiders will win. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of The Fizz. Thank you all very much for joining me here on a very chilly, for me it's a Wednesday night, you guys will be listening to this on Thursday most likely. Um, but I'm cold guys. The garage is now cold. Uh, definitely went from sweating my balls off to freezing my balls off. So either way, my balls are taking quite a bit of abuse just for sitting out here and recording this podcast. Um, so again, do appreciate you, uh, getting up close to me, warming up with me and doing this podcast with me because honestly, guys, uh, the way this year has gone sports wise, holy shit. Woof. Um, The amount of excitement I had going into this football season for the Lions, uh, even Michigan State a little bit, just for fantasy, for gambling, it's all just gone to shit. Everything's shit. The Lions are shit. The Pistons look like shit. The Red Wings are absolute dog shit. The worst Red Wings team I've ever seen in my entire life, and that's not even close to an exaggeration. They're the worst Detroit Red Wings hockey team I have ever seen. And this episode, if you're looking for a ray of positivity or joy or happiness to come out of this show, uh, you know, if you're feeling down in the dumps, don't listen to this. Don't listen to this. This is the epitome of putting on sad music when you're sad just to become more sad because that's essentially what this is right now. I don't really have anything positive to say in the sporting world of Detroit 
and I'm not going to sugarcoat any bullshit for you guys. It sucks. It sucks from head to toe. The Lions are 3-4-1. and one. That sucks. The Red Wings have four wins. I think they're 11-4-1. That's nightmarish. The Pistons, I think, are 3-5, and five, and we haven't even seen Blake Griffin play a single game. Now, there are some bright spots uh, on those teams, but the majority of it, the majority of it is just one big ass suck, and there's no end in sight, really. Detroit, I would say right now, is arguably the basement of professional sports. Uh, cities that have you know more than one professional sports team, I would say Detroit is right there, probably right up against, you know, you could probably guess it, Cleveland. Cleveland is right there as well. The Browns definitely were excited for this season, and they stink ass as well. So let's start with the most recent circus, what the fuck just happened game from our Detroit Lions. Like, it truly is unbelievable. Um, So around Halloween time, me and my fiance, we like watching a lot of spooky shit. She's really into depressing stuff, dark stuff. I even joke that, like, if the movie has positivity, she doesn't want to watch it. So... We watch, you know, a lot of like just just depressing ass shit. Black Black Mirrors, Handmaid's Tales, uh, The House on Haunted Hill, um, just stuff with just deep rooted tragedy that'll give you nightmares um, for weeks at a time. But with that being said, we watch some stupid e true Hollywood story on like movies that are cursed, and it's all about movies like. Poltergeist and Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, The Omen, um, I don't know, just about, oh, Annabelle, movies like that, uh, The Conjuring, about like during the filming of them, when they were at these houses, when they were dealing with the dolls, when they were doing this, they were doing that, like all these people died. And it was pretty crazy to actually watch. Now, normally a lot of that stuff is like bullshit, but, and I mean, this is probably bullshit. Let's, let's be real. It's like a e, true Hollywood story, but During the filming of these movies, like, people died shortly after in, like, the weirdest ways. They died how people died in the movies. And it was kind of spooky, kind of like, ooh, whoa. But basically, the whole premise of the documentary or the show, whatever, was that the movie's cursed. Things in the movie are just cursed. Anybody associated with this movie is cursed. Um, And to come full circle, long story long, I'm... I'm really starting to just believe that the Lions are actually cursed. Now, I am not one to believe in sport curses whatsoever. Uh, A couple of the most popular curses uh, in my lifetime that have both been broken is the Red Sox World Series. They broke that curse. Uh, Was it, are they the Billy Goat or is that the Cubs? Either way, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember, but the Cubs and the Red Sox both had, had a curse and now the curse is over. One of them involved a goat. Okay, so sorry. I, I don't know, and I'm not looking it up. But both of them were cursed for, you know, 80-plus 80, 80 years. They didn't win a World Series, maybe even more. And they both have won World Series, so their curses are broken. Um, I'm not sure if any other curses are still going on or if the Lions really do have a curse because there is no other team in professional sports history that ends games the way the Detroit Lions end games at the rate that they end games in this way. I mean, every single fucking week, I'm I'm having a heart attack during the witching hour. Like an actual like heart palpitations trying to take in what's going to happen in this Lions game. And nothing was different on Sunday. Um, Sunday was a pretty fun day for me, hung out with. Uh, a couple of the boys and we started watching football around like 132 you know we got a few pops in us and we were we were good and lubed up good and loose by the time the lions kicked off for the california game in oakland um and like i said last week this is one that they i, I mean in football it's very easy to call everything a must win you know and this one did feel like a must win but it's like if they go and win all the rest of their games then it's it really wasn't a must win but This one could have made their lives a lot easier. Um, You know, like I said, I was reading you guys the schedule before. We we got two more games versus the Bears. We got one more versus Minnesota, one more versus the Packers. We got to play Dallas. 
Washington, Broncos, Bucks, and that's that's the uh, the schedule to close the year. And if you're looking at that schedule, you got to believe they're not going to sweep the division, and they're probably not going to win all of those non-division games. That's all there is to it. But they have to find a way to get to six wins if they're going to have a shot at the playoffs. They had Oakland last week, a very beatable team. And I think the Lions are a better team, and they could not get the job done. And watching that game, it just felt like the entire time that the Lions were going to lose. That's how I felt the whole game. They, they kept going down. They kept going down. The offense kept swinging back, kept swinging back, kept swinging back. But it did feel like a game that the Lions were going to lose the whole time because they were just down the entire time. And I'm sure you guys have read all the articles, had all the bitches, all the gripes. There's nothing really unique that I have for you here um, outside of just like, what the fuck is going on with the defense? I mean, we signed so many players in the offseason. Patricia's supposed to be a defensive guru. And the Oakland Raiders just diced us up like fucking Swiss cheese. Josh Jacobs ran all the fuck over us. Snacks. Where are you at, big dog? Where are you at? Can we get a sack on the quarterback? Ever. Ever. We have no pressure ever. And Derek Carr, guys like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, these shitty quarterbacks just have days against us. And the Lions are known, they're famous, for making shitty quarterbacks look awesome. The most famous one we made amazing was Matt Flynn. I think his name was Matt, but his last name was Flynn. He diced up the Lions years ago for five touchdowns in week 16, ended up signing a billion-dollar deal with the, the Seattle Seahawks over one start. I don't think he started another game in his life because the Lions made him look so good. The Lions earned him that fucking payday. And I would not be surprised whatsoever if next week we let Mitch Trubisky look like a world beater against us. Mitch Trubisky is arguably the worst starter Worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, it's, it's definitely arguable. I'm not saying that. But Mitch Trubisky is a bottom five quarterback. And if the Lions make him look like a world beater next week, just throw the whole fucking season in the trash officially. I know a lot of people out there probably have already tossed it in the trash, and I don't blame you for that. A lot of people, like I should probably toss it in the trash. But I'm too much of a slap show, and I really believe the Lions can still win six of these last eight games. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's just the way that the lions finish these games. It's never normal. It's never like, Oh, that makes sense. It's never like, ah, dang it. We tried, but we couldn't get it. Um, this one was close. This one was very close to a pretty normal finish until you like digest the whole final, like the whole final play that happens like so fast. Um, you know, Stafford gets everyone to the line. We got to run it. Uh, we got to run the play before the clock ticks down. And then Oakland calls a timeout and gives you an absolute gift to take your time and think of the right play you want to run. And what do we do? We pull, uh, we pull Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola, our three starting receivers. We pull them right off the field and we trot out a bunch of fucking people. I don't know who they are. No joke. And you got to be kidding me with that final play. Nobody, nobody in the building, no one in Oakland, no one in Michigan, no one watching anywhere in the world is falling for a 34 dive play action from the three yard line and then booting out to the left when you have a right handed quarterback to throw to Logan Thomas. That was the best play we could come up with with the game on the line with potentially our playoff hopes on the line. You you kidding me? You got to be better than that. I there's no creativity with it. There's no playmakers out there touching the ball besides Stafford obviously. But like what is that play call? You have to run a play that you know is going to score. And I listened to some interviews after the game, and it's like, yeah, that's our goal line package. We practice that a lot. We practice that a lot. We practice that a lot. I just, I have a hard time believing that play action with pressure, rolling Stafford out to his left, throwing off his back foot to Logan Thomas, who's 
I don't even, you know, like, that's not a main guy. That was the best we could come up with. I mean, I would have liked to jump ball to Kenny Galladay in the corner, or even Marv. But, like, what the fuck do I know? I, you know, I don't fucking know really what play to run, but, like, that just didn't seem like the right thing to do at all. You didn't have Amendola, Galladay, Marv, or Hawkinson out on the field for that final play. And going into it, I, I hate to admit it, but when they were lining up, I had a pit in my stomach. I put my sweater over my head. I buried my face. Pretty much all you could see was my, my eyeballs poking, poking out from under the bill of my hat. I was having a heart attack trying not to piss myself. But I'm to the point now where you've seen it so many times. You've been let down so many times that I couldn't help think that by the end of that play, like it, it was not going to work out for us. And I know I'm not the only guy who felt that way. I was still nervous and excited and like, like thought it could happen, but I just, I was preparing myself for failure. And this season is just like such a, the lions are so they're such an enigma of a sports team because you think you've seen it all on how they can break your heart. And then they find new ways to do it year after year after year. They invent heartbreak that you wouldn't even be able to think of in your wildest dreams. They think of ways to lose that some of the most creative people in the world couldn't think of. And with each year, it's just like whether they're supposed to be good and they let you down, whether they're really shitty and they just are extremely shitty or whether they get so close to like making the playoffs or winning a division or whatever the thing is. And they just, they just fall short or some ref call happens or some weird, unique one-off situation goes down. It's always something new. And this week it was the defense didn't show up in a week that we needed them to so bad. We made the Oakland look like a top offense. And then we ran the weirdest goal line play I've ever seen to try to tie the game. That was the um, excitement this year. And it's just like, for once, why can't it be a little easier? Like the, the pass that Stafford had down to the one yard line right before they had to run up to the line and run that final play. Like, why couldn't that just be in the end zone? Why couldn't that just be like a, a little closer and like just be in the end zone so we didn't have to go through all this? Why? Why? I mean, yes, the Lions, like, suck in general, the organization, everything, you know. But they're not always 0-16. The 0-16 season sucked because that's just the epitome of suck. That's just as sucky as it gets. But then, like, what about, like, a couple years ago when, you know, the Atlanta play happened? And if, like, the Atlanta play with Golden Tate where he got stopped at the 1 and the clock ran out. Like, we would have made the playoffs if we won that game. And we should have won that game if we didn't have that wacky fucking review rule. It, it, it's just it's just like year after year, we find ways to twist the knife harder or in a different direction. And it's, it's, it's so exhausting mentally, physically. Physically, yes, because it increases how much you drink on Sundays. And just like emotionally, it's so tough. But, but, damn it, but the motto of this podcast of Champagne Athletics, always with the Lions, is forward. So, you know, now that I cried and bitched and moaned, um, you know, we, we are going to look ahead. We are going to look ahead. And like I said, I still believe, and maybe I am a little, I'm too much of a slap show, and I totally understand that, and that's fine with me. But let's look ahead. Uh, to what we have here. And I'll tell you right now, this Bears game on the road is going to be hard as hell. This is a very hard game to win. So of the remaining games, we go we go to Chicago, we host the Cowboys, we go to Washington, we host the Bears, we go to Minnesota, we host the Bucks, we go to Denver, and then we host the Packers. Of all of these games, I would argue that this at the Bears game is like the second to the least one we would want after this Raiders game. Excuse me. I think 
the worst game on the schedule left is at Minnesota because I think Minnesota just has us figured out, and I think they're going to kick the shit out of us again no matter where we're at, like even if we win the next four. But they got to go into Chicago, and they got to kick some ass, or I think I think I might have to put a nail in the coffin on this season because right now the Lions go to Chicago. They're the better – the Lions are the better team. They should win that game. They go to Chicago. They host the Cowboys. That's going to be a very tough game, but a, a winnable game. You got to win at the Redskins, and then you got to beat the Bears at home. So the Lions have two losses left in their season. So you guys pick where you want to put your two losses. Doesn't matter to me. They can only lose two more games this entire year, and it's going to get hard as fuck if they lose the next one, obviously, because then they can only lose one more game. But – like I said, the Raiders game, winning that game would have put us in not a great spot, but a it would have, the outlook would look a lot better because then you could lose three more games and then you'd have a shot at winning 10 on the season. So got to beat the Bears, Cowboys, Redskins, Bears. You got to go Bears, Cowboys, Redskins, Bears. You got to win those four, and then you just got to go 500 to close the year versus the Vikings, Bucks, Broncos, and Packers. The season is not dead, team. It's not. And I can hear some of you on the other side rolling your eyes and just saying, Frank, what are you getting excited about? We're talking about the Detroit Lions here. We're talking about the Detroit Lions. You literally just cried about them for fucking 10 minutes just now about how they break your heart and how it's always a letdown. So how can you even say to look forward to these games and how can you even say that they have a shot? Well, it's because this is the sickness of a Detroit Lions fan. You can cry for a while, you can cry and bitch and moan, and then for some reason you blink, you look at a schedule, you start doing some weird fucking math, and then voila, you in your brain you got them going to the playoffs. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're looking forward. Got to beat the Bears on Sunday. Also, I'll say it again. I said it a ton of times in the summer. Matthew Stafford, comeback player of the year. He's going to be up for that legitimately this year he's having an mvp caliber season his numbers are mirroring that of aaron Rodgers. if the lions were just fucking six and two or even five and three he would be in the mvp conversation and if he can find a way to to get the lions to 10 wins if we could somehow magically get to 10 5 and 1 in some crazy wild world fantasy land that i'm living in He'll be a serious contender for MVP if he keeps this season up. I love you, Matthew Stafford, and go Lions forward. Hey, hey, oh my God, we suck. Uh, yeah, so the wings, whoa. Man, whoo. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. What do you guys got? I got, I got like nothing. I got nothing on the Red Wings. No, I'm just kidding. I got some shit. So the Red Wings right now, I think, are 4, 11, and 1. Let me confirm with my uh, data team here. All right, hold on. Just checking with the data team. Yep, they're 4, 11, and 1. They got nine points. Um, just for perspective on points-wise in the NHL, nine points um, is absolutely laughable garbage the boston bruins who are in our division have 24 points we've played 16 games they've played 15 nine points the red wings have nine points that is so absolutely mind-blowing to me that's four regulation wins and one overtime win the leader in the nhl the washington capitals they have 25 points the detroit red wings have nine 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 what's even more fucked up about that they have four wins total they have four total wins and three of them came in the first four games they were three and one and they've just proceeded to be horrible like to the tune of the worst team in the nhl I wrote that they're arguably the worst team in the NHL on an Instagram post, and someone commented, I don't even think it can be argued that they're the worst. They are the worst. They beat the Predators, the Stars, and the Canadians in the first four games of the NHL. They lost to the Ducks in the middle of all that. I was at that game. Um, And then they proceeded to do this. Lose 
to the Maple Leafs, 5-2. Canucks, 5-1. Flames, 5-1. Oilers, 2-1. Canucks, 5-2. Senators, 5-2. Sabres, 2-0. Blues, 5-4. Then they beat the Oilers, 3-1. Woo! Lost to the Hurt. Followed that up with a stellar performance versus the Hurricanes, 7-3. And then lost to the Panthers, 4-0. And then the Preds, 6-1. Guys... Guys, of their if of their 12 losses, they've lost let's look at this. They've lost one two. They lost two of those 12 games by one goal. All the rest were two or more. And in fact, I even think it's it's crazier than that. Like, so here's a three goal, so three or more. We'll we'll count three Games that the Wings have lost by three or more goals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight of their 11 losses, they've lost by three or more goals. Not two or more, three or more. This is, without a doubt, undeniably the worst Detroit Red Wings team I have ever witnessed in my entire life, and it's not even close. I wasn't around in the 80s for the dead things, I wasn't around for their cup droughts. I have no idea what the fuck is happening or what to do. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to yell in my garage um, and be shocked that the wings are so terrible. The only reason I'm not completely pulling my hair out about this is because this is it. We, we have to hit rock bottom before we rise to the top. We got It gets darkest before the dawn. Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. And the only reason I have so much confidence in this uh, is because of, of one reason. And everyone knows that reason, and it's Steve Eiserman. So I can do this little, like, the Red Wings suck, they're really shitty kind of deal, like, whatever, for a couple years, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, probably going to have to do that because it's not like they're going to turn this thing around next year. Um, but... It sucks in the meantime. Like, it does suck. Like, you know, no one wants to see a shitty Red Wings team, but we got to just ride this out and trust in Stevie. Um, we're so close to getting rid of all the shitty contracts we have. Uh, we put Erickson up on waivers. No one claimed him. Shocker. Um, we got to wait for a lot of contracts to clear, and we're getting there. Jimmy Howard, uh, Darren Helm, Justin Ablocator, Franz Nielsen, um, Trevor Daly, uh, Mike Green, even. All having really shitty years, uh, even though Helm scored some goals early this year, I think. Um, but that's why I'm just kind of looking at this and laughing. Um, and I've gotten quite a few DMs and questions and text messages from buddies like, you know, what do you think of Blaschel? Uh, should Blaschel be fired? He should be fired. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. This team is so fucking untalented. I don't know how you can blame a coach for what's happening. And if you think Steve Eiserman didn't know this team was going to be dog shit alley uh, when he signed on, you're crazy. That guy knows everything that there is to know about hockey, and he knows what he's doing every step of the way. Why do you think uh, 25,000 times during all his hiring interviews and all the excitement when we got him, he just said, like, please be patient, please be patient, please be patient? It's because he knew the shit storm that was coming down the pipeline with this team that he signed on for. He knew he was going to have to rip it down to the studs in order to make it a, a cup contender in the next few years. He's not going anywhere. This is the final puzzle of his hockey masterpiece. Uh, this, this is the final circle he's got to close to just become an absolute hockey god. And whatever Iserman sets out to do, he fucking does it. Um, and, that's, and that's not going to change with this team or with this organization at this time. His final goal in life, NHL and hockey-wise, without a doubt, is to win a Stanley Cup with the Detroit Red Wings as their general manager. His mind is set on it. It's been set on it since he went down to Tampa to get that internship before he came back up to Detroit. And if you guys think he's not going to do it, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. So that's what Helps me sleep easy at night thinking about the dog shit 4-11-1 Detroit Red Wings with nine points through fucking 16 games. That's what ha helps me sleep easy, knowing that Steve Eiserman is in control and what you guys got to know is he wants this more than anything for the city, for the organization, and for his 
personal achievements more than anything. And I think that goes absolutely without saying. That guy has everything he could ever want in the world, great family, tons of money, all the hockey accolades, all the respect, everything you could ever want. He was living down in Florida as the GM, and he came back up to Detroit to try to win a cup here. His mind is dead set on it, and nothing, nothing is going to get in the way of him doing that. You know, people people do forget how many years Iserman was on the Red Wings, you know, before they won their first Stanley Cup. And he was drafted, you know, 1983. The Red Wings didn't win their first cup till 1997. Isn't that crazy to think about how long he was on the team? It's like 14 years. That's so nuts. Now I'm not I'm hoping it doesn't take 14 years for him to bring a cup back to the city. But I'm just saying, the guy's super persistent and will do whatever it takes to bring the cup back to Detroit. So if you're sitting there and you're you're even having a shred of thought that, you know, Iserman's fucking this up or that he's any direct correlation to how shitty the team is now, it's all part of the plan. I mean, maybe he didn't want us to be this shitty, but fuck it. We're this shitty, and we just got to deal with it. And we got to trust the man in charge, and I think, I think that's going to be okay to do. But holy shit, guys, it's insane right now. Uh, what did I say? Eight, eight losses by more than three goals? That's so nuts. That's so nuts. Um... But the final note uh, on the Red Wings, if you want to benefit off these wings this year, if you want to find some joy in watching the games, like if, you, if you're if you really just tired of watching them lose, here's, the, here's what we're all going to do together. So let's just make a pact to do this. We're going to start betting on the over of every single Red Wings game. Fair enough, right? It's either going to be like five and a half. It's, it's going to be anywhere from five and a half to six and a half. So... Let's just bet the over on every single Red Wings game and just say fuck it. Because right now, through that, uh, so like if, you, if you're looking at their schedule of all the games they've played, the, the amount of goals scored in these games, it, the over almost always hits. Eight goals. Uh, eight goals. Seven goals. So four miss. Six potentially hit. Seven. Six. Six. Seven. Seven. Nine. Ten. Seven, the over has a very good chance of hitting, it seems like, in every game. The wings pop in one, and then they give up seven. Boom, over, hit. So let's start taking the over on the Red Wings game. I said I was going to start taking the under on every Michigan State game. And then, of course, uh, the first game that I took a Michigan State under, the over hit, because that's just how gambling works. But since then, I've been taking the unders on Michigan State games, and they've been hitting pretty well. So let's just ride out uh, Red Wings overs. And we'll check in next week and see how we're doing. Until then, rest easy knowing that Iserman's fine. And honestly, don't worry about Blashill. Like, just let him be there. He's fine. He's a good guy. And once the team has talent and the wings still suck, if they still suck, then Blashill can be on the chopping block. But for now, just just relax. Let it happen. We got to get rid of these contracts and let some of our draft picks grow up. It's going to be a slow burn team, but we're locked and loaded. They made the playoffs for... 25, 26 straight years and with six finals and four Stanley Cups with tons of Hall of Famers and All-Stars, we can wait a little bit. I don't want to wait a little bit. I hate waiting a little bit, but we they've they've earned the right to take their time with this rebuild, with all the winning they've done. That's all I'm going to say. LGRW. Okay, I'm um, not going to go on a big rant about the Pistons. I just know they're 3-5, and five, and two of their wins um, are against the Pacers. I was at that Pacers game. I talked all about it last week. Um, all I know is that Blake Griffin hasn't played yet, and that sucks because I love Blake Griffin. One day I'm going to get him into this garage because he's cool as fuck, and I know he'd be down to sit in a chilly garage with me because he's the man. I know he will. I know Blake Griffin will do this with me, and it'll be – Champagne athletics and the Fizz's crowning moment when Blake Griffin sits in here with me and we do over under together. But until then, I'll just kind of watch the Pistons from a distance until he's back in there and they start winning games. But they're three and five and they lost to the Bulls and the Wizards. I'm pretty sure they the Bulls and the Wizards both suck. So that sucks. And we beat the Pacers twice. I don't know who our other win is against. Maybe the Hawks or did we lose the Hawks? Let me check with my data team here. Hang on, my data team's on this right now. We lost to the Hawks. Uh, we beat the Mavericks. That's preseason. Never mind. Data team is moving slow today. Who the fuck did we beat? Oh, the Nets. 
Nice, we beat the Nets. All right, cool. That's Frankie Hoops with your Pistons breakdown. Uh, but now let's get into the last part of the show. We're going to go into over-under. Um, if you haven't listened before, over-under, I have one of my buddies send me a list of 10 items. It can be person, place, idea, things. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I've never seen the list before. I go through it. Um, and I tell you if that thing is over or underrated, in my opinion, nothing can be rated as it is. I, you have to make a decision it has to be over or underrated. Um, so I normally have my chubby friend, Jerry, do this list for me. The reason I'm laughing uh, is because Jerry just went on vacation to some tropical island, the Bahamas or something, and he got stung. His fat ass got stung by a jellyfish. His arm was, like, ripped to fucking shreds. Weirdly enough, Jerry is, like, uh, like a nature boy. I don't really know how to describe it. He's an accountant who lives in Cleveland, but he's got, like, this, like, hard-on for fucking nature. Like, he went to Africa and looked at, like, apes and fucking cheetahs and shit and stayed in, like, a hut. I don't know. He got, like, or... I don't know what he did. He did some tribal dance with, like, the, the natives there. I, it was nuts. But whatever. That's what he did for, like, his honeymoon. And he, he's done it twice. So he's a big... He's a big, like, fucking animal lover, nature, some shit. And he uh, he's in the Bahamas or whatever, and, and him and his, his wife are, like, hugging stingrays. And, uh, you know, apparently you can hug stingrays. I've never, I would never touch that shit. The ocean fucking terrifies me. But he, uh, he said the guide said, you know, move slowly because the jellyfish are in here. And the guide threw him some goggles. And apparently he just got diced up by a fucking invisible jellyfish. Just cut his arms right up. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. He just got, he got all cut up. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. It's so funny to me. Like, how did that happen? I, I don't know. I would, that's insane to me. Uh, but his arm looked pretty bad. Hope you're doing okay, Jer. Hope you feel better. Um, well, that all being said, Jerry normally writes this list for me, but he did not this week because um, I forgot to ask him. So, I pulled an audible and last minute I got my buddy Herb to put a, put a list together for us. He said he did it on the toilet. So he said he did it in five minutes on the toilet. So I hope we got a good list here again. Never seen it opening up my email um, from Herb right now. Uh, give me one second. Data team has been moving a little slow today. All right. Got the over unders here. And he started it with LGRW with the shrugging emoji guy because, oh, LGRW, the question mark, uh, because he knows the Red Wings suck as well. He's a season ticket holder. So um, if you're ever looking to buy tickets, seriously, seriously, uh, if you're ever looking to buy tickets, DM me and I'll put you in touch with my buddy Herb. His seats are amazing and they're normally available. So DM me if you ever want to go to a Red Wings game with some awesome seats. Okay, great. Uh, number one on over under vitamins. So here's what I'll say about vitamins. Um, I'm going to say they're underrated. Okay. Right. Normally you think I'd go the other way. I think this shit is bullshit. And I normally would, I don't take vitamins. I was for a minute there, like a hot minute. I was taking like a one a day and I still wish I was. Um, I heard they help a lot with hangovers. Like if you are taking a regular vitamin, uh, that they can help with hangovers. Um, if you take them on a regular basis and I'm usually hung over, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. So it's nice to not feel as shitty, um, as I normally do. Um, but anyways, my thought here on vitamins is my dad, love him to death, pretty unhealthy dude, pretty unhealthy dude. One of the most, like just really doesn't, you know, I don't know, pretty unhealthy guy, smoke cigs, doesn't eat well, love him to death. Great guy, but, uh, doesn't, doesn't really, uh, you know, not the healthiest guy on earth. He's been taking vitamins, I think, every day since he was like 20. And I think it's the one thing that just keeps that guy kicking and moving. And I think they work miracles um, if you take them regularly, which he does. So I'm going to say vitamins are have superpowers and they are underrated. Vitamins are underrated. Number two, Anthony Mantha. Uh, Anthony Mantha, who... I don't want to say he's overrated. I still believe in Anthony Mantha. I still think he can be very good, and I think he's got a sick finish. And I think once this team has more talent around him, he's going to be fucking sick. Anthony Mantha's underrated. Um, just the team is really bad right now, and I think he's kind of in a spotlight that is a little too bright for him right now, and I still think there's time for him to be sick. So I'm going to say Anthony Mantha's underrated. Number three, roller coasters. 
Oh boy, roller coasters, big time overrated. Big time overrated fucking activity in the world. So fun fact about Frank here, guys, and this is a very unpopular opinion. It makes people think less of me. I don't really care. Um, I get, or at least I used to, and I'm pretty sure I still would, wicked, wicked, awful motion sickness. Like horrible motion sickness. To the point, this is real. This is what I'm about to tell you guys is real. And it's not a fun fact that I like sharing about myself. But when I was a little kid, I couldn't go on swings. Not the ride, not the crazy swing ride that spins you around at the carnival. I'm talking like at your local park, fucking a swing set. I would go on a swing set. My mom would push me on it and I would throw up. I would I would get off. I'd fall down because I was so dizzy and I'd throw up. No joke. I get the worst motion sickness. I slept, I spent the night on a boat once. I couldn't walk for like three days. I was so fucking sick. Now I went to six flags when I was a kid once too. went on like the double loop, lost my shit, threw up everywhere. So I haven't tried to go on a roller coaster in 15 years. No joke. I don't remember the last time I tried to go on a roller coaster, but I've never been to Cedar point and I don't really have a desire to do so because Roller coasters make me throw up. They make me throw up. And that's why they're overrated. Because I don't want to throw up because I'm so dizzy. Roller coasters, overrated, unpopular opinion. Uh, number four, the people mover. Hell yeah. Okay, so I'm going to call the people mover underrated. Um, even though it's totally overrated, it's absolutely overrated. I'm going to call it overrated because I have a special warm place in my heart for the people mover. Um, I've been back living in Detroit since I left Chicago in 2015. So I've been back like four years. Um, and I've never been on the poop people, move, the pooper mover, the people mover since I've been back. I haven't been back on it. Like I've never used the thing. I've never been in a position where I thought, Hey, this would be a great way to get around the city. Never, absolutely never had a reason to use it. But when I was a little kid, my dad used to take me to a lot of Red Wings games and we would always take the people mover and I thought it was fucking exhilarating. I, I can still hear the, uh, the sounds of it, the, the doors opening, the, the little music that plays before the doors shut and you, we'd get off at Joe Luce Arena and it'd be everyone in Red Wings jerseys and I'd be so excited for the Red Wings games and people mover goes by the water and I'd look at the casino across the in Canada, Caesars. And it's, it's just kind of a special warm memory in my heart that makes me think of like going to the Joe with my dad and my family and we'd go on the people mover because I thought it was so much fun. So I think it's underrated because of those warm memories, but as like a means of transportation and like a thing in the city, it, it sucks and it's overrated, but I love the people mover underrated. Uh, number five, talking about your... <laughs> talking about your feelings. Um, this is funny. I just kind of got emotional about the fucking people mover. So clearly I think talking about your feelings is, um, underrated. So let's just go with underrated. I sit in a garage and I literally talk about what I'm feeling to you almost every week, unless I don't feel like sharing my feelings, then I don't record the podcast, but I'm normally in a bad mood or a worse mood if I don't do the podcast. So I would have to say that talking about your feelings is underrated. And I swear, I feel like every month is mental health awareness month. Um, it's kind of like breast cancer month or like prostate month. Like I never know. It seems like the sports guys are always wearing pink or light blue or purple for like mental health, uh, breast cancer or prostate cancer. And I, I don't know what month is which. I don't think it matters. I don't think they need a dedicated month. I think it's okay to rep it at any time. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. Just saying like, I feel like I'm always hearing that it's mental health month and that's fine. There can be mental health month 12 months of the year because mental health is important because talking about your feelings is underrated. Number six, hazing, hazing. Oh God. Um, he wrote hazing and then too soon. I'm not going to go too far into this, but I went to a high school and right now that high school is under scrutiny for hazing. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go into it. Hazing's overrated and you shouldn't do it. Uh, if, if, uh, it's illegal, 
if if you're hurting somebody or it's illegal, you shouldn't be doing it. There's there's good old boy. There's a difference between being a sophomore on a varsity team and having some good old fashioned locker room fun versus whatever the fuck is illegal to be doing. I stumbled way over that, but I think everyone knows I'm coming from a good place on that. Okay, hazing's overrated. Everyone be good. Be good out there. Number seven, Kroger. Uh, fuck. See, Kroger's one of those that's just, like, fucking rated, but I can't, like... I mean, Kroger doesn't get me, like, get my fucking juices going uh, or anything like that. It's just kind of my fucking local grocery store. Um, I'll say it's I'll say it's underrated because I get, like, 95% of my groceries from there, and I like it way more than Trader Joe's. I think Trader Joe's is overrated as hell. Um, everything's Trader Joe's brand, which I don't think tastes that good. Um, it perishes quickly because it's real food, and it's small portions and I get it's cheaper and that's great. And I'm saving for a wedding. So it's nice to save money. But at the end of the day, just send me to fucking Kroger and I don't even care what the shit's made of. It doesn't expire fast and it just tastes better. So give me Kroger all day. I'll say it's underrated. Number eight, hot chocolate. I love hot chocolate. Hot chocolate's so underrated. Um, like playing snow football with your friends as a little kid. You're running around for like hours out there, sweating your balls off, but you're also freezing your balls off. It's like the weirdest feeling ever. Then you get inside and your mom's just got like a nice cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows in it. Nothing better. Nothing better, uh, you know, in winter than hot chocolate. And then you grow up and you realize there's all these hot adult beverages like hot toddies and like Captain's and Cider and like, I don't know, whatever, Kahlua and coffee and Irish, uh, like an Irish coffee, Bailey's. Um, and... There's hot chocolate ones of those as well, and they're fucking delicious. So I love hot chocolate, and I'm going to say it's underrated. Fun fact, when I first got my Costco membership, went to Costco, obviously, and it's, you know, like first time in Costco, you always just buy shit you don't need. Well, I bought like four or 500 packs of Swiss Miss hot chocolate. Um, I think I've used four of them. I think I've used four of those packets total lifetime. And we still got the rest of them just in case there's an apocalypse and we need powdered hot chocolate. Number nine, uh, hot chocolate's underrated. Number nine, jalapenos. Jalapenos are underrated. Jalapenos rock. Um, don't like too many of them in anything I'm eating or drinking for that matter. Uh, but I think they're great. They add a nice spice, um, nice kick, but not too much. Um, don't like it too spicy. Don't like it when I start sweating, but I do like a good jalapeno. Like them when they're on i I'll have them on a fucking Chicago style hot dog. I'll have them in like a nice tequila drink. Jalapenos are good. Underrated jalapenos. Number 10, the Macarena. Hey, Macarena. Hey! Um, so I know why he put this here um, because... I'm getting married in like whatever, 10 months here. And we are going to be very strict about what's played at our wedding. And I don't want a lot of the traditional fucking songs. I don't want uh Cupid shuffle or like the hustle or um, the, the fucking cha-cha slide. I don't want, I don't want those cotton eye Joe. Like I don't want those like just standard wedding songs. And Herb said, what about the Macarena? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not really a big Macarena guy. And I got slaughtered for this. It was like, it was terrible uh, because he knows the whole Macarena. My other buddy knew the whole Macarena. I don't know the fucking Macarena. Fuck the Macarena. The Macarena is overrated. I'll probably play it at my wedding for you guys. But fuck the Macarena. Overrated. That song, it's probably like eight hours long. I don't even know what it means or does. It's just the same dance over and over. It was made for white people. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's a total white person song. And... I don't really like it. Let's run through it one more time. A lot of underrateds on here. Number one, vitamins, underrated. Anthony Mantha, underrated. Roller coasters, over fucking rated. People mover, underrated, but it's probably overrated. Uh, talking about your feelings, underrated. Talk about your feelings, people. Uh, hazing, overrated. Don't do it. Number seven, Kroger, underrated. Uh, shit doesn't expire. Hot chocolate, underrated. Bought 400 from Costco. Number nine, jalapenos. Put them on my hot dogs, underrated. The Macarena, overrated. Fuck the Macarena. It was made for white people. Okay, that is it for over, under. And also, that is the conclusion of episode 37 of The Fizz. Um, sorry for all the depressing shit. I can't wait till the Red Wings, 
the Lions or Pistons, Tigers, anyone, anyone in this fucking state of professional sports can start winning some games and actually contend for championships because then this will be a lot more fun. Not that it's not fun, not that I don't love doing this. I just uh, could really go for some wins. Um, thank you guys for being fans and followers of all of this. Um, if you do listen to this on iTunes, I am asking you uh, pretty please to go rate the show and write a review. Um, if you haven't already, I would really, really appreciate that. Um, if you guys could do that, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at champagne athletics. Um, and what else do we got guys? There's a store, go buy a shirt, go tell your friends, go tell your friends. You're listening to this cool hip sports podcast and then have them rate and write a review on iTunes. Um, and then as always have everyone follow on Instagram. That's kind of where it's all at, but you guys rock. I really do appreciate you. Um, let's have a good week in the lions. Let's for God's sakes, beat the bears on the road. Um, you know what we should see with this bears trip? I wonder if Kelly Stafford and the girls are going to do their crazy fucking private jet Chicago trip every year. Kelly Stafford does like a private jet and they get all fucking wasted when they go to Chicago. I wonder if they're going to do that this year. Keep an eye out for it on Instagram and we'll see. Hopefully the lions can win. Thanks a lot guys. Have a great rest of your week. See ya. It's the motherfucking D.R.A. Dr. Dre, motherfucker. You know I'm mobbing with the D.O.Double-G. Straight off the fucking streets of C.P.T. King of the beach, you ride to him in your fleet. Look, the field rolling on dubs. How you feel, whoop-de-whoop, nigga, what? Praying Snoop chronic down in the lag. With Doc in the back, sipping on yak. Clipping the strap, dipping through hood. Compton, Long Beach, Inglewood. South Central, out to the west side. This California love, this California bug. Got a nigga gang of pub. I'm on one, I might bell up in the Century Club. With my jeans on, and my team's wrong. Get my drink on, and my smoke on. Then go home with something to poke on. Up, Locus on for the two triple low. Coming real, it's the next episode. Hold up. My niggas who be thinking we soft, we don't play. We gon' rock it till the wheels fall off. Hold up, hey. Oh, my niggas who be acting too bold, take a seat. Hope you're ready for the next episode, hey.